Hi everybody, just a quick note before the episode begins, I recorded this episode and then I went to Hacker Public Radio and saw that um, Kevin Benko had released an episode on LVM2, episode 314. Um, he deals with, the, with LVM2 in great detail in this episode, so I suggest um, all listeners who are interested in also listen to that show. Um, in this show, I deal with LVM at a much higher level, um, and it's at the end of the show, so if anybody doesn't want to hear information about LVM twice, they can just ignore the, the last part of the show. Thank you very much, and now on with the show. Hello everybody, it's Mark Clark here, and welcome to another episode of Hacker Public Radio. In this episode, I'm going to talk about RAID and Logical Volume Manager, or LVM, and how this can be used by both the home user and small businesses to great advantage. First, I'll deal with RAID before moving on to Logical Volume Manager, or LVM. So the first question is, what is RAID? Well, RAID stands for Redundant Array of Inexpensive Disks. Now there are a couple of principles behind RAID which um, you need to kind of know to understand how, how RAID works. One is that RAID provides redundancy. So this means if one disk goes, your system keeps on operating. It might be in a reduced state, but also if you're operating your data, will be safe. And the other, it also provides speed improvement. Um, and this is normally involved when you talk about striping. So basically you have two disks reading at the same time, feeding data through to the CPU, and obviously you get higher throughput for that. Now these two principles, as it were, are combined together in different ways to come up with the categories of how RAID is defined. Now typically there are three well-known um, categories for RAID. There's RAID 0, RAID 1, and RAID 5. Now RAID 0 was the first RAID that, that came out, and basically what this did it was strip the, the data across the disks. So um, as I was saying, you're reading data or two disks at the same time when you're reading it into memory, that's a lot faster and you get a speed improvement. However, there's no redundancy in RAID 0, it's just got striping. RAID 1 came up with, with mir- also known as mirroring, was basically with two drives are mirrored. Um, so what happens here, essentially you have two disks, but only one disk is usable from the operating system's point of view, and the other disk is basically a copy of the data. Should the one disk fail, the other disk can take over and the machine can continue to operate in a reduced state. Then came RAID 5, and RAID 5 basically combined these two principles. Okay, we have striping, you need at least three disks for RAID 5. For mirroring, obviously you need at least two disks. Um, for RAID 5, then you have three disks and the data is striped across the, the three disks, as well as a, what they call the parity data is, is, is put across the three disks. So one of the disks, the other two can continue to operate in the, in a reduced state. Um, and one of this is you get mirroring and you also, um, you know, get the, get the throughput gains. Um, great thing about RAID 5, you start adding more and more disks to the RAID, you only lose one. So as you go up, so let's say you've got five disks in there, you're still only losing one disk. So as a, as a ratio of, of this space lost to the to the redundancy, um, you know, as you as you increase, RAID 5 is quite uh, scalable from that point of view. Now, I do know there are many other uh, RAIDs out there these days, like RAID 6, RAID 10, or 10, depending how you how you, you call it. Um, these are basically just more um, permutations of, of the above. So, if you want to find out more about the, the new, more advanced sort of uh, RAIDs out there, you can go to Wikipedia and have a look at where they, where they got them documented. But it's something which is subject to change. And the, the first three that are outlined are the well-known ones, which most people talk about uh, when, you, when you're talking to them about RAID. And another aspect of RAID that you might come across is um, hot swappable. Now, what does hot swappable mean? Hot swappable means that there's either a spare drive 
um, which is existing in, in your array, typically array 3, or even in your mirrored drafts, which means the one file is automatically take over from the other, and the RAID will start what they call rebuilding on this on the spare draft. Also, sometimes refer to the fact that you can hot deploy a, a draft. So you have to turn the machine off for draft files, remove it from the RAID, plug in a new drive, add it to the RAID, and away you go without having to, to bounce your machine. Um, so these are principles also come across when, when people talk about RAID. And um, the the utility in, in Linux that we're going to be using, MD um, Admin, or Multi-Disk RAID, uh, Software RAID, allows you to do this as well, especially with SATA drives. You can use it on um, RDE drives as well, but uh, the hot swappable um, component isn't, isn't recommended with, with RDE drives. Okay, so one other thing that people come across when dealing with RAID now is that there's different types of RAID. There's hardware RAID, there's software RAID, and there's something which is called a uh, fake RAID. Now, hardware RAID is in your high-end servers and other machines. Essentially, it's a it's a piece of hardware that uh, that handles the, the RAID itself. So the operator is completely unaware of it. It just says it's one disk, um, and I won't really be dealing with that that in this app, in this um, episode. I'll be dealing with more with software RAID. So software RAID is where the RAID is done. Um, in the operating system itself, at operating system level, okay, and this requires some CPU um, time and con you know resources, and that's why sometimes in the larger machines you use hardware RAID, where that's offloaded to the to dedicated hardware controller, um, the RD, the disk controller. Um, another thing which you hear about these days is called fake RAID. Now, fake RAID, if you get most of the modern um, motherboards and you got SATA drives on it, they will allow you to configure RAID in the BIOS level. Um, this is Call it fake RAID because essentially it's software RAID handled in the BIOS, um, and you know most people recommend that you do not use this um, when you can use the software RAID that comes with Linux. Uh, the only argument I've come across uh, for using this kind of the built-in um, BIOS level RAID is when uh, you dual booting with the Windows in the Windows partition. That's something which I never do, so um, it's not something which I which I've tried out. Okay, so let's have a look at what are the, the benefits for, for RAID. Well, I mean, this is quite obvious in terms of the speed improvement and the redundancy. It's not only um, businesses that need to, to look at these things or think it's only advantage for them in it. Um, yeah, also home users can benefit from it. Because one thing that Linux Software RAID allows you to do, it allows you to only use certain partitions or two drives as a... Uh, as a as a RAID in a RAID configuration, so essentially you don't have to lose an entire disk to your um, to your RAID setup. If, for example, you only want to have redundancy in your home directory and everything else will just be on a normal partition because you can reinstall it by popping in the your distro disk and, and reinstalling the machine, then you can you can do that. And I'll cover that when I talk about um, MD admin RAID or multi disk RAID. Uh, for businesses, why would you want to use software RAID as opposed to buying a server with a controller in it? Well, obviously the, the hardware is much more expensive when you have a built-in controller. So for smaller businesses, SMEs, you want some redundancy, you want some of the benefits of RAID, but you don't want to have to pay for the uh, more expensive machine, then you should definitely consider using um, software RAID. You know, and the big thing, obviously, for, for, for small businesses as well, is that you, you can have little downtime with, with software, with any kind of RAID, but with software RAID as well. So, for example, when your disk goes, you don't have to have your machine down, you can continue to operate, um, you can continue to provide services to your staff or to your customers, and then you can replace the disks, um, you know, when the appropriate maintenance time arrives, or as soon as you can. It's always better to, to replace as soon as possible. But you don't have to, um, the machine isn't offline until you replace the drive as such. 
one last thing I want to talk about before actually going into um, multi-disc uh, multi-disc RAID is to talk about linear RAID. Now, linear RAID basically you can use it with the software RAID in Linux, and it makes two discs look like one big disc. Um, however, I don't suggest people use software RAID for this. Um, LVM is a far better solution for for um, combining discs into one larger disc. Okay, so let's start looking at um, at software RAID. The utility in in Linux is called MD Admin. It's MD ADM, and basically, as you said, administrate the the software RAID. Um, it's also known as MD stands for, for multi disk. I'm not quite sure how people pronounce it. I'll refer to it as MD Admin, um, the utility throughout this this episode. Now, one of the key things to understand when trying to wrap your mind around how um, how, how a RAID works in Linux is to is to have a conceptual model that enables you to understand what's going on. Because most people when they approach RAID like myself, we used to physical drafts with physical partitions and then we tell the, the Linux operating system that this is the physical partition that you're going to use. What happens with, with software RAID is that the partition that the, the operating system sees is actually, actually abstracted away from the physical disks. And this is an important concept to, to keep in mind. So, for example, when you're in the operating system, you'll be writing not to like SDA1 or SDA2, um, you'll be writing to the multi-disk device, device driver uh, or devices. And those are like dev slash dev slash MD0, MD1. So, essentially, think of those now as your SDA1 and SDA2. It performs the same role from the operating system point of view um, as SDA1 and SDA2 did, for example, when you're using um, Linux without RAID. So conceptually now, you're going to create these new, uh, if you like, fake uh, drives for for the operating system. And this is where the, the MD admin utility comes in. Essentially, you're going to tell it, this drive, the MD0, MD1, MD2, is made up of the following physical hard disk partitions. Okay. So if you've got that in mind, then what, you, what you'll do is, you'll take your hard disk, you'll partition it, and then you'll add the partitions to the multi-disk um, drive. And then, and then the operating system just sees a multi-disk drive. So why is this um, conceptual model important? It comes into play, for example, let's say you take a multi-disk drive out of one machine and you want to mount it on another machine. You cannot mount that partition directly under SDA. Well, you can try, like SDA1. But essentially, you'll probably destroy the data on that disk because it has to be first added to a RAID because it's got a whole lot of RAID information on there and then you mount the RAID device, the MD0. Um, so typically, if you get a machine that comes in and for some reason it's uh, it's not booting or something wrong with it, you need to get the data off that disk. What you'll do is you'll take the, the let's say it's a RAID one, you'll take the one surviving RAID one uh, drive out. You'll have to create a multi-disk um, device for it, and then you mount the multi-disk device under under Linux, and then you can start reading the data off of it. So, for example, you shouldn't run um, FS check directly on a dev SDA one if it's part of a multi-disk RAID. You have to first mount it under MD zero and then run um, the checks on that. So, uh, so I'm not sure if I explained that very well, but uh, you know what I do find that uh, to understand, look, software RAID is very simple actually. Once you understand conceptually how it works, but it's getting that conceptual model in your mind sorted out to enable you to understand what's going on at the operating system level. That's very important. So that's why I've, I've belaboured the point a little bit there, and I hope it's clear. Um, you know, I did my best there to try to try and explain it to people, but hopefully it's giving you enough so that you can go on and build your own conceptual model of how this works.
So I'm going to go on to the steps of how to create software RAID in, in Linux. I'm not going to read out the commands um, you know, as you would type them on the screen because I find it doesn't work well. For me, it doesn't work that well in, in, in podcast format. But at least it will guide you a bit. And I'll also provide some links in the show notes to online tutorials that will explain that better for you. One thing to note is that software RAID is very, very robust. You don't have to be afraid of it. That's the key thing. It's just to start using it. Once you start using it, you'll be amazed at how robust this, this um, software really is and how great it is for, for actually getting RAID very cheaply into your into your infrastructure. Okay, so first time we, I normally set up RAID is during the installation process of your distribution. Now, distributions have different, when you get to the screen where you must partition it, some of them don't really explain the possibility to set up RAID very, very well. Um, I found the Ubuntu um, installer was much easier to use than the Red Hat installer. The Red Hat installer was very confusing um, to use to set up RAID. But the steps are basically the same. When you're setting up RAID, whether you're doing it at installation time or after installation time when you're adding another partition to your to your system, First of all, you have to partition the hard disk as you normally do. SDA1, SDA2, SDA3. Okay, what you need to do then is those partitions that you want to use as RAID, you're going to have to obviously have two disks at least, and you're going to partition the, the disks in similar similar sizes. Now, you can have one partition bigger than, than the other partition that you're mirroring to, but that's just wasted disk space because it's only going to mirror up to the, the minimum um, space that you have there. So, you partition your jars, and when you do that, you must... You go into the when you're using F disk, you must toggle the top of the of the of the partition, and you set it to RAID auto detect, okay? Which is normally just FD, um, which is a number that it, that it uses to 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 flag it as a um, RAID auto detect um, partition. So now you've done the first one. You partitioned the drive. That does not mean now that you have set up multi disk yet. You've only set up the partitions. Now you need to go and set up the actual multi disk drive, okay? And this is where the dev MD0, MD1, and MD2 come in. So then you go and you say, okay, and if you're using the install you will say I want to set up a multi-disc RAID and you add the partitions that you want to the RAID device Okay. Um, if you're doing this at the command line after you installed it's sort of much easier to conceptually understand you're going to create, you'll use the MD admin create um, command and you'll say I'm going to create div MD0 and I'm going to add the following two devices to it at creation time you tell it what kind of RAID it is, is it RAID 1 where it's mirroring or is it RAID 5 or RAID 0 so you can, you know, at that point you tell it what, what type of RAID you, you're constructing one thing to remember is that your boot partition can only be on a RAID uh, 1 device, it can't be on any other RAID device because your, your machine just won't boot so typically only use RAID 1 for, for your boot partition, other partitions you can use other, other types of RAIDs that are available Okay, um, so once that's done, then you can then start installing your machine or setting up your your new partition as with any other like SDA, SD1 partition. But you said you're using dev MD0 and MD1. Okay, once your um, RAID is set up and you boot into your machine, you can see the status of your RAID devices by using MD ADM utility, MD admin utility, or you can just go and, and cat the proc um, MD stat file and see what, what status your drives in. Now, typically, if a drive fails, okay, you will have to mark the drive as faulty um, using the MD admin utility, and then remove the drive. Then, when you add a new drive back in, um, the RAID will not automatically just start building on it. First of all, you have to partition the drive, um, mark the partitions as um, as RAID auto um, auto detect partitions, 
and then basically add them back to the RAID controller. Um, and then the RAID will start rebuilding on it. So it's not like some of the hardware RAIDs where you just go and you can shove the disk in and away it will go and start rebuilding itself. You have to do a little bit of work um, for that to, for the rebuild to happen on it. Um, in my experience with, with, with MD Admin, the, the software RAID is extremely um, robust and it really can handle quite a bit of abuse and your data is still fine. It doesn't get lost. So don't be too afraid of um, playing with it. I mean, obviously don't do this in a production environment. <laughs> But in your lab, while you're getting used to it, really don't be afraid of actually trying it out and seeing if it works and how it works. Um, your data, and also don't, you know, your data will be there in most cases. You just have to mount it properly, and you can then read the, the, the data off the drives. So one thing which I would like to just repeat is that um, you, software RAID is quite flexible in how you architect a, a RAID solution for your, for your machine. Because you don't have to have all the partitions on one drive given over to redundancy or to your RAID. You can pick and choose partitions across your drives um, to use in the RAID. So you can have, if you've got three disks in there, for example, you can have two disks, uh, one completely dedicated to, to RAID, other one just some of it dedicated to RAID. So let's say, for example, you have one terabyte disk and two 500 gig disks. You can use the one 500 gig disk completely. You can then um, mirror the 500 gigs from the terabyte onto the other 500 gigs and still use the other 500 gigs on the terabyte disk as another point. This is one of the, the great advantages of software RAID with Linux is its flexibility. Okay, so that's it for um, software RAID on Linux using the MD admin utility. I'm now going to talk about um, Logical Volume Manager or LVM for short. Uh, Logical Volume Manager is essentially what allows you to allows you to dynamically resize your disks and grow your disks as you need space. I mean, you all come across this problem by home users and business. You know, you don't know whether to buy a terabyte disk or 500 gig disk. Um, or when you're partitioning your drive, it's set up, you say, you know, should I set aside uh, on this terabyte disk, should I give 500 gigs to, to partition A and 500 gigs to partition B, and you're not quite sure, you know, what's going to run out of disk space sooner. Um, and, you know, this manifests itself later when suddenly you've got like 300 gigs left on the one drive, but the, on one partition, but the other partition is now running out of space. So, so what do you do? Um, and normally then you have to get another disk, get a partition it, you have to then go and move data around manually or set up uh, extra partitions in your FS tab file um, to, to load at boot time, all those kind of things. It's very inefficient use of disk space and it can also be very time consuming to fix when you when you start running out of disk space. And LVM solves these problems in a very e elegant and efficient manner. What it allows you to do, it allows your partitions, which the operating system sees as partitions, allows you to dynamically resize. You can either grow them in size or you can reduce them. So if you want to release disk space that isn't used to, to use in another um, partition, you can do that. Okay, so once again, what's important here is your conceptual model of um, of, of how the operating system sees disks. As with um, software RAID, the operating system now sees what are normally called um, logical volumes, which are called logical volumes, as the partitions on which its um, operating system and all its data is stored. So the operating system point is you dev SDA1 or dev SDA2 or 3 uh, will now be referred to rather as dev um, normally under creative devices and normally the dev vol01 and then it will be given a name like something logical volume 1 logical volume 2 logical volume 3 so those are the or the or the devices that the operating system sees where its data is stored okay so when talking about LVM there are three um, concepts that you, that you need to be aware of 
Okay, one is a physical volume. A physical volume is either a partition on a disk or a whole disk. Um, if you if you're going to just use a whole disk dedicated to the logical volume or volume manager, um, then you have the volume group. Okay, a volume group is a collection of physical volumes, and a logical volume is basically a partition over that volume group. So you can partition the volume group into different into different partitions. So I think about this as a logical works logical way. So you get your disk, your physical disk. Either you've got partitions on that disk or the whole disk and you create a, a physical volume on that disk. If you're going to use partitions that you're going to add to the um, volume group, you need to then toggle the, the partition ID in fdisk um, to, 80, to 8E I think it is, which sets it up as a Linux LVM partition. Or if you're going to do the whole disk then it's fine, it, the disk can remain with no partition on it. You then run the pv create command which then marks that partition or that disk as a physical volume. Okay, the physical volume then gets added to a volume group. Now, a volume group is essentially like a space or a name holder. Um, it allows you to add more than one disk or partition to the volume group. So, if you've got uh, let's say two disks that are 500 gigs, you can add it to the physical to the to the volume group, and essentially you have a one gig volume group. And you then create partitions essentially on top of the volume group. They're called logical volumes. So you divide that up as how you require it for your for your um, for your disk, uh, for your partitions, and how you want to store your system. So in theory, you can have like three disks. You can add them to the volume group, and then let's say you got you got three 500 gig disks. This gives you 1.5 terabytes of data. Um, but you want to see that as one uh, eight this as you know, one 800 gig disk and one 700 gig disk, say for example. Um, then you can do that because you just you just add the, the the disk to the volume group, and then on the volume group you then divide it up as how you want it. And this is the great thing about um, about logical volume management. It enables you to treat your disk your disk as a resource, essentially as a pool of resources that you can allocate at will and what uh, you know and use as you want. So once you've got your um, your volume group set up, you can then install onto that. So, so what is the advantage? So, uh, let's say a couple of months down the line, you start running out of disk space on your logical volume one, uh, let's say which is your root root volume. You can then, and you look at your boot volume, and you realize that there's I don't know 200 gigs spare there that you can use. You can actually shrink your your boot um, volume, logical volume down, and you can increase your your root volume by those uh, those um, 200 gigs. Um, and this you can do on the system wireless live. You don't have to reboot the machine. You don't have to bring the machine down. You don't have to you know you don't have to basically move data around and start repartitioning and backing up and copying data all over the place. So from that point of view, it really is a efficient use of your resources that you have available to you. You can also, of course, um, you know, if, you've got, if you're running out of this space, you can always add a brand new disk, you can add it in, you can create a physical volume on it, load it, add it to an existing um, volume group, and then expand your logical volumes to take up that space. So it really makes disk allocation a dynamic, uh, d a dynamic affair. You don't have to worry too much about planning it and getting it right up front, and also having all those wasted resources lying around that could be better and more efficiently used elsewhere. One thing to bear in mind when I'm using logical volume uh, manager on your on your system is that your boot partition cannot be a LVM partition. Okay, um, so your boot partition effectively, um, you know, must be an either can be a RAID one or a normal partition. Otherwise, your machine will not boot. Besides the ability to dynamically resize and partition disks and allocate your, your disk resources as a pool of disk space rather than as individual disks and partitions, the LVM also allows you to do a thing called snapshots. So what you can do, for example, is I want to snapshot my, my disks as they are at this point in time. 
and then you make a copy of it and what OVM does it does a thing called copy and write all changes since the time that you say you've taken your snapshot gets written to a separate part of the disk so, so why would you want to take a snapshot of your disk uh, this is great for backups typically one of the, the hardest things to do when you're trying to take a backup of a live system is that you will, if you wanted to do like a clone of it you would have to take the machine down take it offline and then clone it um, with, with the snapshot you can take a snapshot it will stay static and you can then take a consistent backup of that of that snapshot. And once you finish doing the backups, you can then delete the snapshot and then release the space back to the back to the machine. Um, and really, this is I cannot I cannot emphasize how how useful this is in production environments, which cannot have any downtime. We need to take backups of of this space of, of your disks. Um, so that is really is another one of the key advantages of of LVM. Okay, um, so that covers LVM um, pretty quickly. Um, as I say, to get used to the LVM and RAID, it's getting the conception, or I find for my case, is getting the conception model in my mind worked out. And after that, it's pretty easy to, to understand what the, what the utilities were doing and how they were, were doing it. Um, now, what's great with LVM and RAID, you can use these two in combination. So what you can do is you can have treat your disk as a as a um, pool a resource of disks, and have redundancy and speed improvement at the same time. And um, this was great about Linux approach to solving problems. You build small modules that deal with a particular problem, and then you combine them together to build up a, a solution which is bigger than the sum of its parts. Um, so what you can do, for example, you can set up a RAID one um, MD zero MD one MD two, and then you add those rather than the physical partitions. Um, to your lo volume group, and then you basically add, locate your, I mean, allocate your logical volumes off of that. Um, so now you can have hot swappable drives, you can have redundancy, you can have speedruns, and you can have the ability to dynamically resize your disks. Um, and the benefits of that, as well as to take backups, the snapshots, and everything, the benefits of that, really, for any business or any um, home users considering using it, really, it's well worth the effort of investigating how this, how those two utilities work, and spending some time and um, effort getting to know them. Okay, that's it uh, for now. Um, I hope everybody got something out of this tutorial or out of this episode. If there are any errata, which I'm sure there are, um, please feel free to let me know and um, correct my errors. Um, and I'll um, put them up on the show notes if there are any errors or corrections that come to light from, from any listeners. Thank you for listening and hope to see you again soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hack Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.